Red Dad Poet Society. Trigger warning, mentions of suicide, addiction, and other sensitive topics. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Anna. And welcome to Dead Dad, Dead Dad Poet, Poet Society. Society. I think I said poet weird. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Guys, I'm having a really terrible laundry debacle right now, and it's it's ruining my life. I'm in a I've been in a months-long feud with the laundry room in my building. And I'm at my wit's end. Tragic. I know. Um, Wait, okay, Anna, where are you? I'm actually in my childhood bedroom right now. How does that feel? Um, it feels fine. For some reason, being here makes me like more tired and lazy than normal. <laughs> so that bodes well for like the six months I'll probably have to live at home while I start work and apartment hunt, <laughs> but that's okay. Um well, I'm still in Providence. I'm leaving tomorrow, though. Thank God, honestly. It's been it's been a doozy of a month. I Let's see. What happened this past month for me? I got EMSed, which means I woke up at five in the morning two weeks ago and thought I was dying. And I woke up my roommate and I made her call emergency medical services, which like at universities is like students. So two of the people who came to which like obviously I just had a panic attack and I literally like am going crazy I tried switching medications girls just don't switch medications if it's working it's working um fuck you Wellbutrin but yeah so I like made the ambulance come and one of the girls was in one of my classes it was so awkward I feel like that um, shouldn't be allowed that they have students I know well they're not allowed to for talk other students they're not allowed to talk about it but then whenever I saw them I'd be like oh my god you EMSed me and she's like I'm not allowed to talk about it but you are um which is comforting because it was really embarrassing. But yeah, and then I was like in the I know, but like Loki, you know how it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to talk about this, but I will tell my best friend because I can tell my best friend. And I no, will I don't tell think, like- I don't think she, because it's like HIPAA. That's what I'm, okay, but guys, like I want to be a therapist and like, are you expecting me to not tell my partner everything? I always think about like my therapist, like who she tells about my stuff because I know people who are like therapist adjacent and what do you mean therapist what does therapist adjacent mean? I don't want to I don't want to like expose anyone's info or like give any specifics but like every so often they'll be like oh my god yeah I have a client where like this 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 and it's like are you supposed to be telling me that and they're like well I'm not telling you the name and it's not like you know them <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying like I'm not going to give descriptive deeds but like like I don't know I just I don't I don't believe that my therapist isn't telling someone which like I don't really give a shit honestly I know but anyway but like you're like like your therapist had to be like oh my god like I just found out my client's dad died on the call like that <laughs> has to be yeah I don't know it has to be that um, oh, but I, I have been like literally having non-stop panic attacks and surviving off of Ativan and I went to this dyke night thing and I didn't drink and it was hellish Guys, I did my toe in the lesbian drama of a university, which so far I've stayed out of it. And let me tell you, it's not for the faint of heart. And I would really recommend that if you're a lesbian on a college campus, you actually don't talk to any other gay people, um, is what I've learned from my experience. So if anyone was wondering and you wanted your wine dating advice, my dating advice is um, look elsewhere. Honestly, like maybe like talk to one of your professors. I saw this TikTok about a girl talking about how she fell in love with her college professor and like played the long game and now they're married and I'm like I, I mean I guess like, it just depends on the age gap or whatever yeah like I don't know like you know you got your I don't know, 26 like it's not that weird anyway 26 year old professors like do 26 year olds have their PhD okay I guess not 26 like 28 
There are some, I think there's some classes taught by PhD people, maybe like PhD. Yeah, I mean, TAs like teach like smaller classes and stuff. So, not at Brown. <laughs> they don't. I'm no, not at all of our all of our classes are taught by professors. I had like one class. It was just me and one other girl. There were only two people in the class. And it was like very much like we were just like reading like theory on like diaspora and um like diaspora studies. And so every class we just like read one book and it was only once a week. And it was just the two of us. And then we wrote like a big paper and that was our only grade. And that was taught by, I think like a PhD candidate, but it was like a very specific class. So perhaps... Yeah, I'm also having the easiest finals period of my life, thank God, because I am, like, struggling otherwise, so I... I know, like, you should be home. But I'm honestly bored as hell. Okay, yeah, no, I should be home, but I'm going to a I'm going to a white elephant thing tonight, and then I'm coming home tomorrow, and I am really looking forward to it. Also, I have to... Anyway, no one cares about any of this stuff. Um, yeah, only thing I'm doing is starting the job hunt. If anyone knows anyone in the middle eastern not imperialist quote-unquote spring democracy but ngo sector in dc love to work on the israel-palestine conflict or i'd love to work on like water scarcity or access to education but not in like a saving muslim women way much to discuss hit me up I, i have a linkedin now so oh you made a linkedin that's big and yeah, i know really, um, i'm like anti-linkedin morally but we live in a society so can't really do much wait why morally friend me on linkedin i think like the like social mediafication of like labor is something that's like kind of weird and the way that people use it no linkedin's like, actually so you're a freak if you're like posting on LinkedIn. i know it's just like also like people are really obsessed with it in like a weird way and i know like to the consulting people like it's important but I just think it's like I don't know I think that it's probably like a net negative society wise well duh yeah and duh. I just didn't want to do it but now I am doing it because you're valid I also I, but like, what I love about LinkedIn is that they tell people when you're stalking them I know so true like, and I think that's kind of funny I like will sometimes like people up on LinkedIn just because I'm like if I'm like curious about them and I like, don't know their Instagram or whatever I'm like oh I wonder yeah no linkedin's like a good stalking avenue but you have to make sure that you're doing it on like incognito or else still linkedin will be like this person was looking at you up i know my favorite thing since i've gone to linkedin is that i get like alerts where it's like this person was looking at you and i was like i'm famous and i'm famous i know i'm always like a little but it's so funny because i have so much information on my normal social media it's like i don't you don't need to go to linkedin to know anything about me in fact that's the worst place to know anything about me because the, the place that i'm least advanced in in my life is probably um, your career my career like just like I mean, you're not that hard to find on instagram yeah no it's really easy actually right now i'm i'm okay i know i said that i like don't want to get involved in lesbian drama and i don't but one of my friends was called a lesbian at brown and i'm kind of like pissed that i'm not a lesbian and i'm like anyway i just think i should be more um recognized as a lesbian at this school than i am so that's my that's my next can you explain what a lesbian is for the people well, a lesbian like a lesbian is usually used for like like think um who's a lesbian in our world? Think like Tara Delevingne. Think like someone who's very like connected. But it's also just like like Ellen. I guess is a lesbian. It's a it's, celebrity lesbian. It's a celebrity lesbian, not which a I guess I could have just said that, that would have been simpler. But on a university campus, the lesbians are the people that people are talking about. And honestly, like people should be talking about me more if they're not. It's like being DMV famous if you grew up with us, but right. on a college campus. Specifically and in the lesbian, lesbian circle. Community. 
job. I'm like, how many lesbians could there be that it would be that hard to be so lesbian famous? But then I just realized like, I've realized you're a brown. Oh my God. No, I went to Dyke Night. What I learned from Dyke Night is that um, I, I can't say this. Never mind. What I learned from Dyke Night is, is many things that I, first of all, what I learned is that I will never be going to an event um, sober again. I will just not go simply if I, if I, if I would like to be sober, I just will not attend. So if you're sober, you're valid and can have lots of fun. Correct. No, and I, and I, it is so cool if you can like show up, it's like a dark party full of people that you know, um, and be sober. Like that is awesome and great. Me personally, it's not something I can handle probably because I don't love parties like that. No, so true. Like I'm just not a party girl. So if I'm going to go to a party, I will be intoxicated and that's just how it's going to be. That is valid. Okay, so one other thing that's been happening with me is I've been listening to Noah Khan's Stick Season all like over and over again. The thing is, Dad would have like loved that album so much because he loves the whole like soaring like aspect of music, and Noah Khan like knows how to build like that swell so well, and that really pisses me off that he didn't get to hear that album. Um, like one thing that does bother me is that I feel like a lot of locals and normies love that album and like that bothers me like I feel like a lot of the boring people I know love Noah Khan and I'm kind of like what are you getting out of this I think you feel he feels his name Nisha's like Mumford and Sons where like there is a deeper meaning to it and there is something like musically very compelling about it but also it like low-key kind of hits the same spot as like country music does a little bit that indie vibe that indie yeah so people like who really want to listen to country but feel embarrassed to listen to country listen to it so that's like a wide variety of people like country is a beautiful way to tell stories and like convey emotions which is why it's so Mm. appealing and also it's just kind of like a certain vibe and so there's really a spectrum of people who listen to it which i think is also true for like noah khan and mumford and sons right so that's like that's one thing that i've been reckoning with is is feeling because taylor swift like i just know that i listen to her do her in a more intellectual way than everyone else and like that's fine and i like yeah i feel very sure of that and like the people jumping on the bandwagon like just really don't fuck with her like i feel so secure in the fact that i love taylor more deeply than pretty much anyone else i know and and in a more critical and interesting way so true um it's fine so i'm trying to build that same feeling around noah khan that's valid Anyway, something that we do have a name for is our Yahoo News segment, where we talk about something that's happening in the news, basically, usually news-related. Um, so something that's happened in the past month that we haven't been podcasting, and also just so you know, the reason we haven't been podcasting is because Lily's been having an extended mental breakdown, and <laughs> I have, she's, you know, switching meds and stuff, and I was in Girl. the last little, like, whirlwinds part of my travel, so I was visiting friends um and being with people and it was like really busy and amazing but it was also hard to like podcast in those scenarios anyway but something that has happened is that a ballad of songbirds and snakes the prequel to the hunger Games series movie came out and that was revelatory for many people and um the what's his name the guy who plays president snow is like so attractive which is really fun like the hunger games they just know how to find men that like appeal to the lesbians like i don't know what to say josh hutcherson the josh hutcherson resurgence has been like very beautiful and amazing and jarring if i if i do say so like it's true it's jarring to hear my partner who hasn't thought about men in years 
say that they find Josh Hutterson attractive. Like that to me was a revelation. Him. He kind of looks like um Elliot Page. Yeah, and his whole and his whole like like ally thing is just like so weirdly charming and like Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I'm not allowed to say this, but I'm just gonna quote Carter. Carter says he looks like a guy who's been on tea like tea. a trans guy who's been on tea for like five years wait that's so it he looks like a trans no that's so it and that's so oh and big news carter my partner started tea yesterday oh, yeah so that's, exciting they yeah, made me exciting. smell them because it has a fun smell and then showed me exactly where they rub it on their shoulders <laughs> i was like i'm just i was like i know that this is because lily isn't here but i am very happy <laughs> it's like someone has to do it <laughs> someone has to um, uh, okay but yeah so the new movie came out anna and i i I Anna said that I needed to read it before so I listened to yes. the audiobook um and let me just say that I think if you didn't read it I can understand why people were confused yeah I think it's a really hard I think it was a hard book to adapt because it's just like it's it really relies on like his internal um, monologue Snow's internal monologue yeah as a fan of the book I love the Hunger Games series I actually just reread them after I watched the movie and they're it's just so good it's like really one of the best constructed worlds um and also like characters and the message behind it is so precise susan collins definitely out of all like the ya authors that we read growing up has probably is probably the smartest and has the best vision and message um and i really loved what she did with the prequel i think it was like a really good adaptation even though like a lot was changed and left out just because it's a very dense book and that's hard yeah. to fit into a movie um i love rachel ziegler she people okay it's so annoying because first of all her character is supposed to be kind of unlikable but like second mm-hmm. of all like i just really think that if you hate her first of all have you ever met a musical theater girl in your life i know because she's, she's like, just like one of the girl. least jarring or she's one of the least grating out of yeah. all of the musical theater girls i've ever seen yeah and she's so talented. Like, if I was that talented, like... If I was that talented and pretty... Oh, my I'd God. So I'd never shut up. And, and that, okay, that's so that's one thing. I would also like to say that I think that Suzanne Collins, like, the, 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 the like think about the Hunger Games again, and then, like, along with Percy Jackson, really serves as, like, an, like just, like, the alternative to, like, whatever Harry Potter was. And it's just so funny because, like, I've seen so many TikToks and videos about, like, if J.K. Rowling wrote the Hunger Games or if... Suzanne Collins wrote Harry Potter and it's just like it really is so crazy to me and that's what I think that's what I think is so great about Suzanne Collins is you can tell that her like worldview and her like even political disposition is so like based yeah and well-developed and like I also really love like a villain arc uh but like that kind of like humanizes a person and I love getting that background on like how a fascist leader came to be it's kind of the same reason why i'm fascinated by donald trump's childhood like yeah i mean i think what susan collins does really well into kind of like a less explicit extent but also it is definitely a thing like what rick Rorden does well is they really stress that the system is the problem and that there's multiple factors and multiple people and it's like larger overarching reasons why these societies have these problems and that you need to address the fundamental issues rather than just being like this one bad person is the entire problem and I think with JK Rowling a lot of her stuff is just like this one person was the root of it all and once that person is gone all the problems are going to be gone and then the system 
is actually to- that let that happen is actually totally fine and you should like just keep that system and work and then harry potter becomes a wizard cop yeah and i think it's funny because harry potter was obviously big for me growing up but i really i do i think it's legitimate to credit like the hunger games and percy jackson and this stuff with a lot of the more revolutionary leanings of our generation like growing up with this mindset i think it actually was really impactful um like gen z like these were our books i mean you know harry potter belongs to the millennials even if we all like liked it and read it growing up so i really appreciated that this was consistent with the political messaging and it's really crazy because you know this movie was filmed like two years ago but there were some certain things that were so on the nose with what are happening politically today um uh, specifically about like watching children die and how we feel about that mm-hmm. and also like the how idea of like dignity and death um, like how we can how we can demonize children yeah and and entire population yeah, yeah it's like yeah dehumanization and the idea of like dignity and death were themes that really got me and there were certain I saw it with one of my best friends and during certain lines like uh, we also saw it in like mid-November so there were certain lines that we turned to each other and go like oh my god that's so on the nose for what's happening right now and so that was it I think it came out like at a meaningful time um that I think it caused some interesting conversation that hopefully caused some people to think um yeah is there any other things that that oh I mean the Brooklyn Nine-Nine guy died Oh, yeah, that's really sad. Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine died, which is just kind of depressing, and I have nothing to say about it other than um, I loved the alternate universe that Brooklyn Nine-Nine provided in which they made, like, all of the heads of the police department, like, black and or gay, so that you, are you like, don't think about, like, what the police actually stand for yeah. in your life. I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> there's obviously a lot to criticize about the idea of, like, cop shows, but it was made in a different time, and I think that and they did address a lot of things that like yeah I think that they did their best with the premise I don't think it would have been made I don't think most of the people involved would have made that today no I think no they've, way they've talked about it and like kind of addressed like how their opinions on it have developed however I do think it was like a show that meant a lot to a lot of people and generally had like I think in a time on tv where a lot of comedy was very mean-spirited um and kind of like took cracks at like different marginalized groups it was a show that was like more inclusive and more had like a like a nicer kinder form of comedy a lot of the time and I think a lot of that was due to the character of Captain Holt and um yeah I've just seen a lot of people online talk about that he's meant a lot to them um as like a queer person or like as like a black character in a position of power and I think that he also just seemed like a wonderful human being he asked for donations to be made to um the Harlem theater which is he was on the board of and he obviously seemed like from what everyone's been saying a really great person my dad and I also watched that show together it was one of Mm -hmm. our shows so it was one of those things immediately when it happened I was like oh my god I have to text dad and then you have one of those things of being like oh I can't text dad but yeah I mean it's sad when anyone dies especially people who have kids who are you know like younger and stuff so that and he's just like a really talented, seems like a nice human being, which is always just sad. So rip to him. Yeah. So speaking of sad, we've got a, <laughs> we've got a downer today. Of death. But honestly, I've been having like a really, which I've been having a really hard time with my grief lately, like way more, or I don't just, just a really hard time lately. Um, 
And honestly, like I haven't really been liking the bereavement group I used to like because honestly, the chaplain kind of sucks ass. And she literally takes up all the time talking about herself. And like, I get it, like you're old. So everyone you know is dead, but like, this is not about you. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, and I've also been having kind of like a crisis of faith lately, which I don't know. We can also, I think I want to do an episode on like religion and stuff because yeah, dad yeah. had a lot to say about religion. So we can discuss that more lately, but, um, or at a later date, but this is just a letter that I found that my dad wrote to his friend, um, actually when his dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. Cause like, I would have liked to have like dad, you know, like guiding us through, you know, kind of helping yeah. us through this. Cause he knows what it's like to have your parents die when you're yeah. in college. So true. So it's, this just felt really like important yeah. to me. No. Yeah. So this is going to be not as it's not gonna be a lunch show's episode it's not like as quite as fun but it is something that's like meaningful and really interesting to hear for anyone who's ever like experienced grief and like what that means yeah so yeah okay so it starts out teddy i wanted to come to your dad's funeral but i couldn't for me funerals don't bury people so much as exhume them and I frankly wasn't willing to deal with ghosts right now. Really making it all about himself. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, ooh, this is like really about himself. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I get it. I also think that there's ways to say that. Like, yeah. And, he's just and like, it's like, maybe the funeral was really <laughs> helpful for him. I think I everyone, but my dad really has, like, he always made jokes about his own funeral and stuff. And obviously he yeah. didn't even want to have a funeral. He was like he was he's a lot more morose person. I think that there's like funerals that like celebrate life, and then there's funeral like I don't know. I just think he he probably had pretty shitty experiences with his yeah, own parents' funerals. So I'm gonna to plan your funeral parents venture. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, he said, "I lost both of my parents within 20 months during my undergraduate years. So while I would never presume to claim that I know how you're feeling, I can legitimately say." as a veteran, that I'm sorry and that I sympathize with how much this sucks, especially when you're young and death is supposed to be a little more remote. Yeah, I think it's like intimacy with death. Like for me, I've definitely experienced grief when I was pretty young. Um, so I, I I really feel what he says when he's, and I think being confronted with like the mortality of the people around you and then also your own mortality, which like my panic attacks lately have been basically just like feeling like I'm gonna die which is very on the nose for I think the grief that I've been experiencing um I like they call himself a veteran yeah I think it is true that there's like a a unique thing of like dealing with like grief like younger which is why it's been like valuable for me to talk to other people who have dealt with it and it like have friends who are kind of like in similar boats to me because it's like weird because I don't I think it's like a it's a unique experience that gets a lot less unique as time goes on but um, right but it changes you in such a fundamental way I think when you're still you know I still feel like I'm growing up um and also I you know I lost a friend when I was when I was 15 in a similar way and I think that also really fundamentally changed me that was at a really really obviously like monumental point in my life um 
So I do think like, although like, I don't think it necessarily even gets easier as you get older, like, you know, Jan at the chaplain at bereavement group, I'm sure every time she loses someone, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's less painful, but I do think that there's a sort of, um, it can kind of, I've been, I've heard people talk about feeling stuck at the age you were when you lose someone or feeling like you kind of like lost some sort of like development Mm-hmm. Like in a, in a certain way it ages you and it does kind of it matures you and it makes you feel like beyond your years because you've experienced something not everyone your age has experienced but in another way I think I feel kind of at least because I mean in terms of my relationship with my dad like it will be forever stuck at that age that I was yeah I think it's weird like I think I I feel like my dad died in stages like different parts of my like relationship with him died at different points and so different things feel stuck at different times like yeah. it's and it's like it's just a weird feeling like I got really upset on my birthday which happened last week or whatever I'm now 24 um which is weird but um I was like oh my god this is my first age that my dad won't know me but then I was like he didn't really know me at 23 I know it's yeah. so weird because I'm like there are these things that I'm like I hardly even talk to him and I I, it's it's so weird thinking about like what could have happened with our relationship after he died if he didn't yeah. die like would things have gotten better would we have gotten even more distant from him like yeah I don't know I don't know <laughs> weird <laughs> is it worth it to think about I don't know but I do just causing me stress um okay he continues and I won't offer any advice advice usually comes from the people least qualified to give it but I would like to offer you a warning Every day for the rest of your life, you'll think about this, about it. Not just missing your dad, not just the stunning realization that death is real and more than happy to rip your guts out, just about it. The whole thing, how much it hurts. You can't put your finger on it. I've tried. It just hurts, the whole thing, every day. <laughs> well, well yes <laughs> well yes, well, yes. <laughs> I mean yeah it's like and it's like as much as I try to process it and I try to be like this is why it hurts and this is why the grief like all I can say is grief sucks and it hurts and it's there's no there's 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 nothing I can say that like explains it in a comprehensive way yeah it's like I'm just like this happens all the time I'm just like walking down the street or like driving or doing something random and then all of a sudden I'm like my dad's dead like it's like and then you have to process it all over again it's like every day it's like it's not like you're processing it more it's like you're processing it again at least for me I don't know it hasn't been a year so maybe this will like come with time but yeah like just realizing that like death is real and that's like what's really weird that I think for me like it's like it it feels like he's gone but it also doesn't feel like he's like permanently gone and not in like the woo-woo way so I talk about sometimes like it just it feels weird like I just I don't think it really like whenever I think about the fact that he's like really actually gone that feels so weird it and it literally hurts me every time it, it, it drives me into like a panic like that's that was the panic that I felt that I've been feeling a lot is the panic of like he's actually really gone and that's there's really no way to to quell that anxiety because there's no reassurance I can find in that like that's just I'm panicked because of of something that happened and it's not going to change and then I think like the part about the stunning realization that death is real that's what's really 
like I've always been scared of death ever since I was a kid I was terrified to die and I would like spray stuff on my mom and be like this is going to keep us from dying because I death always really and especially with my dad like he was such a he felt like such a cockroach like he never he was never gonna die I know I know so like I don't say like I wasn't surprised because he was like so suicidal and tried so many times and I was kind of like well one of these has to stick but at the same time it just never stuck so it kind of felt like well maybe it will just never stick and then sometimes like I do feel that kind of like relief of like well at least we don't have to go through that over and over again anymore but then also it's like I don't know I don't think when I was thinking like sometimes when it would keep happening over and over I was like I just kind of want this to be over like it's just too much over and over again but then now that it's more settled in that it's like actually over I'm like wait (laughs) that's yeah that doesn't feel correct the relief has kind of gone away (laughs) yeah I think so I think like when he first died I felt like a lot of peace with it and like yeah so as time goes on it really is like it's just like all the stuff about grief like it is well I don't know I kind of feel like I felt the acceptance phase first I know same I was like I think we've been preparing for it and I think we were like ready for it and then like but then you kind of well then I think because I wasn't used to him being in my life like all so then now that it's been like it's like now I really am feeling his absence I know I think just like it's been really hard for me oh I always cry I think something that's been really hard for me is that I know we don't want to talk too much about Israel and Palestine on the podcast again we talk about that all the time on our personal social media however it's like something that I have cared a lot about for a long time it's what I study it's what I'm trying to get a job in that field and every day I feel like there's hard moral quandaries of like the in in the specifics of like what I believe what I want to say exactly how I feel And like trying to process that. I think I feel very settled in my overarching view. But in the specifics and the details, it can sometimes feel really unstable, especially when there's a lot of anti-Semitism happening or when I agree with people or when I disagree with people I love, it can feel very destabilizing. Um, And I think something that is really hard for me is my dad would be the person I'd go to to have like a three hour long phone conversation and discuss the semantics and remind me to like stay strong in my like overall beliefs in like justice and freedom and peace and remind and help like figure out little intricacies with me um and validate me and like that I'm helping me think about what I want to do and say and to do the right thing um And also with job stuff, like what kind of organizations I want to work for, like what represents my values. And it's just hard that he's not here. And I think the times that I miss him most is when I'm feeling very like unstable in my place and everything and what I should be doing. And he was just so good at that. Um, And I think when he first died, it was kind of like just traveling and I was kind of like, okay, like whatever but as time goes on there's things that I just really wish I could talk to him about and I think that will only happen more you know like yeah he always said that he wished he could talk to his mom about like parenting 
And I think that's, I think there will just be more hard decisions that I'm going to wish I could talk to him about and more hard things happening in the world that I wish I could talk to him about. And I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> At least we have each other, like. <laughs> True. And like, we have a lot of support. It's just a very, he was just such a individual Specific person. person. Yeah, like he really did, like his place in our lives was like, it was not a role that anyone else can ever. I know. So obviously he was our dad. So like, that. but yeah, honestly, we do have like a father figure. We have a, like, Danny does fulfill a lot of like those classic father roles. He, my dad, his place in our life was, he didn't even fulfill all the father roles, but he yeah. fulfilled like a lot of, he did a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um. Yes, he was singular. <laughs> um so it's just yeah it does hurt the whole thing every day okay well now my nose is runny um okay he continues writing anyway at the weirdest times years from now it'll bring you down and people won't understand they'll say teddy it's over it's past life is for the living so get on with it in fact, they'll seem peculiarly lacking in appropriate compassion. Then they'll lose someone, and they'll be more like you and me, veterans, and they'll never say, get over it again. Just for the record, it took me a long time to say peculiarly. I really can't say that. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. I mean, um, yeah, like, this is part of the reason why it's really nice to talk to other people who have lost people. And not that the people in our lives have been, like, get over it, because that yeah. really hasn't been my experience. It's Although less than a year so that's and that's so th- I think that's my fear is that even if people aren't saying it out loud maybe that's what people will be thinking you know I think about that too and I know everyone says like oh people know that it's like grief is you know it's always gonna hurt and blah blah, blah. but I don't know I'm kind of scared that and Anna and I've talked about this at length like the idea of time passing you know we'll probably do an episode on it at some point and that brings us a further yeah I know I do think it's I don't know like even like when I hear people whose parents have died and they were like yeah it was like this long ago you're like oh that's a long time yeah but like now I'm just like no I don't think you ever get over it no I mean think about mom like I feel like the death of her dad is still like immensely painful for her I know it's just like the thing that I feel like we've been burdened with that I feel like dad also felt burdened with, that I think probably a lot of other people who like lose people young feel burdened with is just, it's a really long time to grieve someone. Cause I think you'll be grieving them like your entire life. And that's, we have so much more life ahead of us, God willing. And that's just so long. And like, it's not like he like did it on purpose, but I was like, you've given us so like way longer He's given us, like, way longer to be sad over him than he gave us to, like, be with him. And that's what's crazy is, like, it feels 20, 20 years seems like a long time now because I'm only 21. But then I'm thinking about I'm going to be, like, hopefully, yeah, like, 80 years old and only, like, only, like, the first 20 years of my life I had my dad. Like, which is so weird because right now that was, like, almost all of my life. But, like, I'm going to be a person who only knew my dad for, like, 20 years like uh, hopefully like a fifth of my life <laughs> or more a sixth 
let's be optimistic um yeah I don't know Taylor Swift once said <laughs> I'll be getting over you my whole life and like yeah even though she wasn't she will not be getting over that man her whole life know, she's, she's over already him. over him she is already over him but yeah I just I think the dad like he lost so many things and he just it all was compounding and it was just like a long time like a lot and I am grateful that if I think about dad's life like my life is like immensely less painful than his um and there's like a lot less grief to deal with which I think makes it like easier but it's still a lot and it's weird to hear him talk about something that like he ended up like putting us through like not by choice but just well yeah and him and him saying like I remember him saying to his like I'll never I remember him writing to us like I'll never do to you what my dad did yeah and I don't think like in my yeah you know I I said this the last time probably in a happier way but I feel like it feels very different to me but I also think I don't know it makes me sad that he was never able to like view his dad with a lot of like compassion or forgiveness um because even as I get more into the anger phase of grief I still I still do feel that like compassion and forgiveness and I think that it doesn't take away the sadness but I think it takes away some of the like like the crushingness of it um so that's what I try to remind myself Usually he didn't talk about his parents' death that much, which makes sense. Yeah, he would, like, randomly bring it up to me sometimes, but, like, not, like, in a, like, he kind of trickled down economics to us. Like, he kind of, like, would tell me things than expected to get to you. Like how his, like, how I always thought that his dad had a heart attack. Well, yeah, I mean, some of it was just me, like, randomly telling you before he gone, you don't know. But also, I don't know, like... He would have these moments of, like, very intense vulnerability, but then mostly it was, like, he wouldn't talk about it. I don't know. Uh, I think that's part of the problem, which is why I think it's important to talk about it, even if it's, like, hard. Yeah. I feel like with me, I just, I'll bring it up, like, really randomly and be like, ugh, like, I wish my dad got to hear this album. That's so sad or something. Or, like, I wish I could send my dad this video of a wombat because he loved wombats. And, like, I, like... I know. I don't think people really know what to do with that. (laughs) I know. I think, like, it is it does make me realize like there's always something that it's like worth seeing or doing like next at some point and that's like don't kill yourself haha like it's worth living but there's always like something that you're going to be missing out on which at one point makes me like yay life and the other point gives me immense anxiety because someday i shall die and i don't like to think you're, about that you're not fomo fomo <laughs> I don't really have FOMO like in real life. Like I don't like I'm not like oh I should be at this party, but I do have FOMO about like being dead, and I don't know if that makes it's sense. So interesting. Well, I have FOMO. I think I have FOMO like scared that I'm gonna die now and I'm gonna miss out on my whole life. True. I mean, like, I have that. Oh, oh like, God willing, you die when you're 95, and like, what are you missing out on? Nothing. Everyone you know is dead. You know, what if a really good book comes out though? Well, Taylor Swift is dead, so I said a really good book. I know, but then I was gonna say that anyway, so I said it. 
Yeah, but like, what if like, what if someone makes a really funny tweet? Okay, you know what? That's, I was texting my friend and I was like, there's so many good books and I'm not going to be able to read them all. And that's so sad. Like, there's always going to be more good books. And there's there's good books out right now that you're never going to read. I know that literally, yeah, that like, that whole thing of like, I guess like consuming content FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> that causes me stress. I also always think I'm going to die. But I'm, and like, the, but the only time I like let myself really panic about it is on planes. Like, usually I'll just put on a podcast song to distract myself. Yeah, well, my, I've been having, like, pan, I've had panic attacks like this, too, since I was, like, a kid, like, I, I, I've had panic attacks occasionally, but these kind of, like, acute panic attacks where I'm, like, I actually think I'm gonna drop dead right now, like, I'm gonna, my vision's gonna black out and I'm dead, is not something that's happened in a very long time, and it's, it's, it's petrifying, I, like, I, I, it really is and it 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 kind of feels like torture like it kind of feels like I'm being tortured I don't I haven't been I've been waking up in the middle of the night every night and it, it has to do with my therapist is like so convinced that it has to do with the grief and like she's definitely right um and just like being confronted with like mortality is is so frightening to me yeah true anyway <laughs> anyway um okay should I just finish it or do you yeah. want to well, yeah okay he continues, so the warning is that this won't go away. You will become more adept at handling it, though, and after a while, it'll become something that's a part of you, rather than something that's in opposition to you. Not a good part, just a part that'll blend in with the rest of you and change you subtly and add a few gray hairs and wrinkles. Now what? You'll be okay. You're smart and you've got a lot of friends. My heart and my thoughts are with you that's so my dad you're smart you'll be okay I know yeah being smart is the most important thing to be a happy and well-adjusted person which I actually think is like not true at all but slay being smart is life ruining god no, I know I wish I weren't so intelligent <laughs> I wish I was stupid just kidding I'm stupid in many ways but not the ones like that spelling. count yeah <laughs> yes yeah, bitch can't spell yeah and like and you let me write all the captions and like descriptions like think about it you know, you know i'm really bitch it's just because i'm like funny and motivated i'm so uncreative anyway i know it's like we need to like i, I just don't want to make the tiktoks and like you have to do something but i'm just worried that you're not <laughs> i need to well. contribute in some way okay i have been i'm our archivist okay yeah i found but, every single yeah, thing but like, i know but it's just like <laughs> do you want to make some tiktoks <laughs> <laughs> we should hire carter i guess they're <laughs> so true they're good at tiktoks i've been doing um, a lot of lip syncing tiktoks lately yeah i've, I've noticed <laughs> i've noticed i know um, it's for the best yeah I, I, saw, I saw that today i was like okay girl um anyway so great that this won't go away <laughs> <laughs> good to know um of you rather than something that's an opposition to you it's an um, op it's literally an op it's literally, my grief is an op. My grief is such an op. It kind of is. My grief is literally out to get me. Um, unless somehow we monetize this podcast and we, hey, yeah, we I'll take it back. Successful. I'll take it back if this. I'm um, taking back if we ever make money off of this. Wildly successful. And just to say, we know that if we want to do that, we have to like do it actually consistently. Once I'm back from traveling permanently yeah. in March, we're going to like fucking blow this shit up. The thing is, Anna and I, okay, here's what I have to say about, like, making money off of this. So, like, obviously to monetize this, we have to do advertisements. The thing about me and Anna is we love products. Like, I don't think I'd have any problem 
selling my soul no, to read so an true. advertisement other than I for just, better help better would, better help well no we're not well we'd never do better help the but, of my existence or like a like a fitness thing but i think that Wait, no that would be so fun if we got sponsored by like weight watchers please um yeah i mean the thing is like at the end of the day like i love things and i was oh my god i was talking with this i was talking with my friend about this because we went to this event on um pink washing campaigns in israel um and it was a teach-in run by the party for socialism and liberation wait no um, one knows what pink washing is except for me pink washing is basically just when you use the idea of like something being queer to make it seem more progressive and like good it's um, like is it's it's it was coined how because like israel's like we love gay people gay people love israel even though by the way gay marriage is not legal in israel but they use that to make them seem more like friendly and progressive yeah, but yeah and so many people that i've told that gay marriage isn't legal in israel are really surprised but it's just because they run a good campaign because pinkwashing works really well it works anyway point is we went to this event and we were i'm not a member of the party of socialism and liberation they're doing interesting things i have not really looked into them enough to know whether i stand by them so don't like tie me to that i don't know um, however, we were like, we were in this room with like a bunch of socialists and who like really like live by it. Like they were calling each other comrade. They're like, as my comrade just said, and they were, um, just like, obviously very like walks the walk. Um, and we were like, wow, this is so impressive. And I'd love to like live by my values more. What do you do if you love stuff? And what do you do if you love stuff? Yeah. Oh, like, and you're a socialist. How do you, well, how do you like stand by your values? when like you kind of just like really like like things mm -hmm. and so it was like it, it was kind of a joke because obviously socialism doesn't not mean you don't have things but we had this like, well long socialism means no iphone well yeah socialism <laughs> socialism means no iphone and no bananas and no bananas you'll get that joke if you're chronically on twitter <laughs> um but basically we were just having this long talk about like living by your values and it was just like but it was funny and we were like but i love stuff which was like not the point but and it's not as funny as I explained. Like, but also <laughs> consumerism is a jail. I know. Like <laughs> consumerism is such a problem. It was so interesting on Twitter. There was this girl who did the, um, like the color, what's it called? Do you know? It's like color matching tests. Like they hold up different colors to you. Oh, 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 you, oh, like, color analysis. Yeah, color analysis, which is like they hold up different colors and tell you like what And she said I'm too feminist. And she said I'm too feminist. Well, yeah, so then shit. this girl, so this girl posted the video of her getting like her color analysis done and then someone quote tweeted it and said i'm too feminist for this and then people got really mad at that because they're like how is finding out what colors you look good and unfeminist and then people are like the ultimate idea of like that we're trying to optimize like women like looking the best at all times and then they should buy more things and like in specific colors only in order to like appeal the most to what like makes you look good like what is looking good even mean and it was just this very interesting discourse that was very much between like choice feminists and more like fourth wave feminists i think it, it is i think color analysis even if it's fem i don't really give a shit about the feminism aspect i think I, it's I think it's stupid and I think that I think that we need to be using our brains like I, we need to be using our brains for something else like know your kibby body type like what am I a summer winter fall I literally would rather like die than know all of my different types and my seasons of my coloring yeah like, also like a lot of it's eugenicist shit like they're like are you a cat face or are you a deer face are you and a fox like, face yeah like, or it's like or it's like girl pretty and boy pretty and it's both just like different kinds of blonde girls like it, right. it's like you or it's like it's just eugenicist shit and oh my god like, yeah what kind what of pretty skull? are you like like you're brain dead we're all brain dead I know I just like not to be like read theory but there's also like 
other things that you can, you know, like if, if you're off, your entire brain is consumed with like analyzing your looks and like only that, like, I don't think it's like leads to any kind of like happy or healthy life or fulfilled life. And I would just encourage you to, if you don't want to read theory, like maybe think more about going on a picnic with your friends right no like you don't have to use your brain energy to read a book like whatever if you can't read a book then you don't have to read a book but like or just like think, think about a tv show you're watching like if, if it's literally office, you know i'm saying a show that i like do not like like go watch the office that's a better use of your brain energy. these stupid girls <laughs> <laughs> go watch the office you little stupid girl um yeah i don't know like it's whatever it is what it is but Anyway, I, we got really off topic from this the last The thing about paragraph. us is, like, you can't keep us on. And that's what happens when two girls with that's what, ADHD. That, that's what happens when you're doing analysis. That's what's happening when you're using that's your brain. That's what happens when your brain moves really fast. And if you can't keep up, like, maybe you should read a book, you Yeah, know? maybe you should. We're, we're making connections. We're, like, forming opinions, mm. you know? Mm. Tangents, um, are for the, tangents are for the intellectuals. I mean, yes. I mean, what else is, like, you know the communist manifesto than a then like what literally what is the communist manifesto if not a, a bunch of tangents yeah one thing with Karl Marx his writing was actually well the communist manifesto was like more succinct than other things what is Das Capital if not mm. Mm. Das Capital is like the most like ooh yeah. like we're taking a windy road here. I'm not a big that's why I can't I can't read philosophers I'm like you need to shut up right now that's fair. I'm so sorry I don't know as soon as like I remember the day I got to like the dialectical materialism concept and I like just had to sit there for like two hours and be like, okay. You could explain dialectical materialism to me in like a picture book meant for babies and I would, it would, it would go in one ear out It's the not other. that hard of a concept actually, like once you like process it, but it does take a little bit of like making, it's like about history and like making connections. We, okay, we need to spin off, we need to spin off podcast where Anna explains like. Explains theory. Historical and political theory and like baby ways i'd be happy to do for that. babies dos capital for babies <gasps> wait that's a market there's a market for that i literally was reading i i it was carter and i were babysitting a kid wait i need to find the pages in this you guys need to hear this carter and i were babysitting a kid and his mom is like this like slay queen like single i think gay woman um and this book it was a is for activists i just need to read a few pages i just need okay. to okay okay C is for co-op, cooperating cultures, creative counter to corporate vultures. Okay. There's an LGBTQ one. Um, oh, Q is for question, questioning coercion, querying qualities counter false assertions. So true. Wait, wait, two more, two more. Okay. You, you don't take this in. U is for weekends. U is for workers' rights. Wait, that's not U. That's W. U is for union. Honestly, this is terribly written, but the U is for union is so good. Oh, the last one is Z is for Zapatista, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course Z is for Zapatista. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's the connection I make. <laughs> My kid's first word is me, Zapatista. They'll probably say Zappa. And Zappa. You have to explain to everyone that they're a comrade. <laughs> As my comrade just said. We all just name my kids Zapatista. <laughs> my kid, that's like one of those tweets. It's like, my four-year-old just looked at me the other day and said. And said, workers of the world unite. <laughs> and I said, I know, sweetie. 
<laughs> one thing so like like it's like my four-year-old just said everything dies people die even wolves die but you know what never dies books books never die and that's my favorite version of that tweet along with the ruth oh, conda forever uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we should have another podcast that's just us like vaguely describing <laughs> things on twitter and then like if you're not no chronically alive you don't unless- get it but if you are you're like oh my god so true there's just so much like Twitter is just like such a, it's like that's why like no matter what Elon Musk does like Twitter can never there's just nothing like Twitter no there's literally nothing like, like Twitter. the the one you know the one place I wanted to be when Henry Kissinger died on twitter.com no, like oh wait that's a big one is Henry Kissinger died oh yeah yeah well actually like I mean that's not karma at all he died like at a hundred surrounded by his karma, friends and family with yeah. lots of money karma is not my boyfriend in this case I karma know. is Henry karma's honestly Henry Kissinger's boyfriend he got away with it all so unfortunate but it's not karma that's like reverse karma that's like something went wrong in the universe oh right yeah yeah it's like mm. it was a kind of horcruxes i think it's like with every Mm. every life he took for some reason he like got their good karma i don't know he literally was just from the perspective of like a girl who like was into anti-colonial studies is probably like the singular most one of the singular most evil people He's right up there with Reagan. He's right up there with Reagan, Hitler too. Like he's Netanyahu. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like a fundamentally like just he's a bad one. He's a bad one. He's a bad one. Um, and if he made it to hundred, so can we. So right. yay! So many more years to live with a dead dot. <laughs> yay! yay! Um, who knows? I wonder when Henry Kissinger's dad died. It's a great question. I don't. I. I don't. I feel like his dad was definitely one of those stoic characters. I feel like they weren't very close. And that's his karma. No. Who's speaking? I can hear someone speaking. That's my roommate and her boyfriend. Your roommate has a boyfriend. Oh, my other roommate, Josie, has what? They're so cute together. Slime. cute heterosexual couples. You're like no. I literally. I was like giving my friend like a my friend just broke up with her boyfriend and I was giving her like. A motivational talk and I was like my friend Alice has the best boyfriend ever he he is the best like I'm literally obsessed with her boyfriend like she should probably be threatened I know so true because I'm like obsessed with her boyfriend because I like he gives me faith whenever there are good men out there especially with like certain kinds of girls like when they find like good men who like mesh with them I'm like so true like our cousin Emma has like a boyfriend that like I really like and Emma and I are like not the same person at all but we do have certain similarities and I'm like I just and there's certain things I worry about like that qualities that I won't be able to like find in like a guy that mesh with my qualities and they're so perfect for each other that and he appeals go, wow. he appeals to me so he literally like said something was gossified the other day I was like you're pandering to me and I love it no these are like literally male expanders and yeah. it makes me like wow like there are men out there who are like nice and considerate and are like have like interests and hobbies and stuff and that's so important um so yeah i love that some men exist fine um and that's hopefully maybe a net positive in some capacity um yeah yeah much to discuss um thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you sooner than you might think (laughs) I mean, yeah, we're, she's coming home tomorrow, so hopefully we'll record some in person. We're gonna record so many podcasts; you're gonna be so sick of us. Yeah, you're gonna be like, "Wow, those are a lot of podcasts." <laughs> hey, love you guys. Okay, love you. As I know, everyone knows, making ass, but I always make one of you making a real butterfly with you. Or I know, y'all tic tac toe with a potamus. Bye. Bye.